episode 103 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Not a wild week last week. Let's talk about it. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I as citizens have the obligation to shape the debates of our time, not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are as a people. Not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the ballot, not the bullet. And a secret procedure. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. So I, I got my COVID vaccine this week. I mean, that's not what made the week wild, but I did get it on Friday night. My first shot, two shots I'm going to get. I uh, got it at a pharmacy. The same pharmacy I get all my shots at, except for I had to go to a pharmacy in another town because that's how it wound up on the website when you, you know, it's like, it's like trying to win the lottery. Or really, as I put it last week, I, I think I actually had the appointment when I was recording this show last week. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. Uh, it was kind of like trying to win the lottery or trying to play a video game. I just kept hitting refresh. Literally took me two days. And I had a lot of conference calls and other things going on. So I was just sitting at a computer and I just kept hitting refresh. And when I got lucky and I... I, I mean, I was I was working the New York State site uh, and two separate national chains of pharmacies and a national chain of chain of a grocery store, which was actually giving them out at their pharmacy department. So I was clicking and clicking and clicking and clicking, and I would get appointment available, and I would click on it, and then I would lose it. And then two days after doing it, I, I must have hit refresh a couple of thousand times. I'm not even exaggerating. Uh, after a couple of days of doing that, I got an appointment for Friday night. Uh, of last week, got my first shot, so I am well on my way to going to the movies probably sometime in early May. I think I get my second shot at the end of April, then you got to wait 10 days or so, and then you're good to go. You're, you're uh, I wouldn't say you're immune, but you are highly unlikely to die from this disease. You could still pass it on is what they're saying, so uh, I'm going to wear a mask and continue to do that. Um, but uh, I'm excited about it, and I think we should all be. I think we are well on our way to getting this country back open. But in the middle of my hitting refresh uh, last week, I got called on to do an appearance on the Fox News channel. And some of you may have tuned into this podcast for the first time because I doubled my audience last week. And thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. Tell a friend if you liked it. I want to keep the momentum going if I can. (laughs) Um, So in the middle of hitting refresh, I get asked to do an appearance on Fox News at uh, 11 o'clock, 1130 on Tuesday morning. Um, I've been doing a lot of daytime, not as much primetime, although I will be back on primetime next week, it looks like. Um, and it's on vaccine passports. Now, 
the private sector is asking for these vaccine passports because they want to open up, right? They want to get their businesses open. And if everybody in the establishment has been vaccinated, well, why do I need to keep it to 50%? Why can't I sell 100% of my capacity? Why can't I have, you know, people seated like they were pre-pandemic if everybody's vaccinated? Makes sense to me. Why do I have to wear a mask on a plane if everybody on the plane has been vaccinated? Makes sense to me. Of course, the right wing, which has nothing to complain about, has decided to make that the new cause celeb uh, trying to scare angry old white guys. And a lot of those angry old white guys who are very susceptible to serious illness from COVID-19 are now refusing to get vaccinated. One of the people who has been a major proprietor of this misinformation is Tucker Carlson, a guy whose show I used to do once or twice a week until I think the former guy told him that he didn't like me. Um, and I've known Tucker for a long time. As I wrote on Occupy Democrats last week, if you read the column I write sometimes, um, you know, I knew Tucker when his views were just wrong. Now his views are sometimes dangerous. I get it. He's trying to have a conversation and stir the pot. But when he calls vaccine passports, which are being pushed by the private sector, Orwellian, when the Biden administration has made it very clear there will be no national database of who was vaccinated and who was not vaccinated, it would be very hard to do, quite frankly. He calls it Orwellian. People hear that and they refuse to get vaccinated. People trust that guy. So I was on the Fox News and I called him out. I said that he's pushing conspiracy theorists. I called him a conspiracy theorist. Uh, my opponent pushed back, said, you're not going to call him or me a conspiracy theorist. You're not going to call me a liar. And I said, you are. And so is he. And uh, she pushed back and said she stands for freedom. I said, she does not stand for freedom. You can watch the clip. It's on my Twitter feed at Christopher Hahn. It got four and a half million views. I'm sure if you're a fan of this show, you saw it. But it was a wild week. I mean, it was a wild week. I uh, It was probably my most wild appearance since the Giuliani appearance about 18 months ago. Uh, even the Matt Gates uh, hit that I had uh, a couple of months ago where you know I just kind of got on him for his stupid gas mask stunt on the floor of the House of Representatives. That went super viral as well. This one didn't get picked up by the Rolling Stone magazine, which I actually liked the first time as a guy who's read Rolling Stone his entire life. I know there's some controversy going on with Rolling Stone. I haven't really dug into that. I will at some point and find out why. Um, I hope it's not that bad. I like that magazine. I still read it. I don't subscribe, uh, but I like rock and roll. I mean, rock, those of you who know me and listen to my radio show, uh, my broadcast radio show, know, you know, I, I like rock and roll, particularly like nineties grunge rock and roll and classic rock, which are two things that, uh, Rolling Stone was very influential in getting moving anyway. Uh, but it was a very wild week. I got a lot of attention over that. I picked up a lot of new followers, a lot of new subscribers to this podcast. So welcome to the podcast fold. But I, I have to say, um, that kind of talk from the right wing, from Tucker Carlson, from Mercedes Schlapp, who I called a grifter. And you know what? I don't like name calling on Fox, but I'm sorry. Uh, you know, the CPAC crew, it's Mercedes and her husband, Matt, who, who I've considered friends pretty much my whole career on TV, they were making money off the big lie. And if you're making money off a lie, that's a grift. That's the definition of a grifter. You are selling people a bill of goods to make money, to profit yourself. So I do not apologize for that. Sorry, not sorry. Okay. You know, I don't think it's good form to do ad hominem attacks 
on television. But when somebody says they stand for freedom, which is just not a nonsense statement that she was making, I'm going to push back. And I did. And I don't regret it at all. I don't regret it at all. Um, and it, it pains me to do it because I used to have real issue debates with all three people I just mentioned here, including Tucker Carlson, who I have been doing television with since 2010. Okay. I had my first time with Tucker Carlson. He guest host for Sean Hannity in a blizzard. And I, I went into the city to do the hit in a blizzard. They picked me up in like a tank to bring me into the city. And, um, you know, I thought it was a pretty good appearance. And we had a lot of back and forth on real issues. I didn't agree with him. He was wrong. But it was a real debate. And then I did multiple appearances before he had his own show with him on, you know, uh, America's Nightly Scorecard, Lou Dobbs before he went completely insane, uh, and various other shows on Fox. I've debated Tucker just as a one-on-one panelist. And then when he got his own show uh, three years ago, he'd have me on all the time. And look, he doesn't have me on anymore. I don't know why. Uh, He hasn't had me on in well over a year. Um, Coincidence that uh, the former guy started calling me out uh, by name about a year and a half ago? I don't think it's a coincidence, frankly. I really don't. I I don't know for sure. And I don't want to say I know for sure because I don't. Uh, But I'm quite frankly surprised uh, that uh, he wouldn't have me on. Now, look, I don't think he's going to have me on after this week. But whatever, I'm calling it like I see it. The conservative movement in this country, which is casting aspersions on the vaccine, is causing Republican and particularly Republican men, older Republican men, not to get vaccinated. They are going to ruin this for everyone. Okay, they are going to ruin this for everyone. We are not going to get the herd immunity if half of the Republican Party decides not to get vaccinated. And Tucker Carlson, rather than coming out there and calling these passports, which businesses want, Orwellian, should be out there encouraging his audience who trust him to get vaccinated. And I guarantee you that Tucker Carlson and Mercedes Schlapp and Matt Schlapp and, you know, that wacko doctor that Tucker has on, they were the first freaking people in line to get their shots. They probably jumped over their staffs to get it. So don't tell me that there's something Orwellian about it. If we can open up our country two weeks faster because people have a piece of paper or a an app that says they were vaccinated and then people could have 100% capacity in their restaurants and movie theaters and bars and gyms, I think that we'll be happier. I think we'll be in a better place. I think we will recover faster. So I'm tired of this nonsense. What you're saying to your audience matters, Mr. Carlson. What you are saying to the American people on a nightly basis is scaring a certain percentage of the population. And I know some of those people personally. They are family members of mine that are not taking my word for it. They are taking your word and the fake doctors that you have on your show for it. So yeah, am I a little, am I I more than a little pissed off at this line that they're going through? Yes. Was I extra pissed off on Tuesday because I had spent I don't know, three or four hours before my 11 o'clock hit, hitting refresh. I literally was hitting refresh. My hit, I think, was at 11.45. At 11.30, that was probably the last time I hit refresh before I went down to my studio and and got on the air. So I was hitting refresh all morning to the point where I did not shave 
for that appearance. And I had to pancake on some makeup to kind of cover up a one, you know, less than a day old growth because I had done an appearance the night before and I shaved at night. But I was, you know, I didn't shave because I didn't have time. I was practically, I was sitting there trying to get an appointment from like seven o'clock in the morning and I'm hitting refresh on four different websites. And then I go, you know, and I look at my topic and it's like, uh, it's like these guys are discouraging people from getting vaccines. That's what the, that's the play. That's the Republican play. They got nothing to complain about Joe Biden about no single solitary thing to really get people amped up about Joe Biden. So they're getting them amped up saying that Joe Biden and the Democratic Party are coming for them and they've got some sort of Orwellian strategy to determine who got the COVID-19 vaccine. Why? Why? Honestly, you know, everybody I know that has gotten the vaccine has posted a picture of them getting it on their websites, on their on their Facebook pages and their Twitter apps and Instagram. I did it. I don't I don't see what the big deal is. People want to get it. You want to know that you got it. I can't wait to get my next shot so that I am done with this. And I don't have to worry anymore. Now, I'm still going to worry about transmitting it. And I really want to get to a point where, you know, teenagers, I have a 14-year-old. I want her to get it. My 28-year-old lives upstate, and she got it. Um, it is a, uh, look, I'm, I'm, I, I want... I want this to be over. I think we all want it to be over. I think if you're listening to this podcast, you're like me. You want this to be over. So it kind of all molds to melds together, right? I mean, my 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 quest to get a vaccine appointment, which I eventually got. I got lucky. Got a Friday night, seven o'clock. Um, you know, to my uh, to my appearance on the Faulkner Focus. It's always the Faulkner Focus, right? It's always Harris Faulkner has been involved with multiple. Uh, viral videos of mine, including the first real big one, which was the Michael Knowles one two years ago, which by the way, Harris was off that day. I'm sure she missed out. Like I said, my tweet alone got four and a half million impressions and there were multiple tweets about this event <laughs> from other people. Uh, I think the uh, the Daily Beast was really the one that really got the ball rolling and then Huffington Post and The Hill and Mediaite and Raw Story and all your usual suspects all kind of wrote about it. The Hill called me a liberal firebrand. I like that. I really enjoyed being called a liberal firebrand. So if there's anybody from The Hill listening to this podcast today, thank you. I don't know if that's the first, I think that's the first time in my life I've been called a firebrand. Um, I guess I'm a firebrand. I'm not trying to be a firebrand. I just tell it like I see it. And I love this country and I wanted to get back up. And I love going to the movies. Okay, I do. I love going to concerts. I love seeing friends. I love going out to eat. These are things that I have not been able to do. And I want to do it again. And I want everybody in this country to be able to do that again. And I'm tired of right-wing nuts scaring people about this misinformation that is costing lives in this country from the mask stuff they pulled last year to the open up Michigan nonsense they promoted last year. And now this, I'm not going to put up with it. So if I'm asked to comment on it by anyone, Fox, MSNB, anybody who invites me on their air to comment on it, expect more of the same. Expect me to call it out because it's nonsense. And it is harming this country. It is harming the very people who watch those programs. Who we should, you know, if you're a host of a program, you should care about the people 
who patronize you. You would think that Tucker Carlson cared about his audience more than he does, than to scare them away from taking the vaccine. You would think that. You would think that. And I'm sorry, I care about my audience. That's why I'm telling you all, get vaccinated as soon as you can get an appointment. If your state's got it open for you, start hitting refresh on whatever site you got to hit refresh on to get your freaking appointment. Go get your appointment. Get vaccinated and be done. Be done with it. Doesn't mean you won't get sick, but you won't die. You might get a bad cold. I'm ready. I know we're all ready. It's time for this. It's been a year now, over a year. I'm ready to get back to business, to get back outside. I'm ready to be back on set on TV shows. You know, I, I you know, one of the benefits I've had, you know, I live way outside the city, the city on Long Island. Actually, really not that far outside of the city, just the way traffic works around here. It's two hours to get in and out. It's only 45 miles away. Um, so I have a studio in my house. And, and that was built mostly because I was doing a lot of weekend and late night hits. But I would like, you know, once a week, once every other week, go in, be on set. And frankly, I miss that. Because it's harder to dismiss somebody's point of view when they're standing right in front of you. You've actually got to get into a real more. There's more substance to a debate when two people are standing next to each other and actually having a conversation to each other rather than just looking into a camera, right? I mean, I have a monitor underneath my camera that I can see return, but I can't look into that monitor when I'm on the air. And it doesn't even matter if it does, if I do. So it's, it's, it's. You know, I'm basically arguing with myself in the basement, looking into the, you know, the black eye of my camera. And uh, that's great. I love the ability to have it and the convenience of it. It's fantastic for me. But I do miss going in there and seeing people and, you know, yucking it up about their kids in the green room. Uh, you know, where are you going to dinner after this? Where are you staying? Blah, 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 blah. What are you doing in the city? I miss that. It's, it's humanizing to people. And, you know, I, I've said this before, I, you know, all last year during the campaigns, I said, you know, make sure you're talking to your conservative friends, which is something I often do. Harder to do in a pandemic when you're really not around people. Really hard to do if your conservative friends don't want to put a freaking mask on. So, you know, Tucker and all the other people who are out there pushing these ridiculous conspiracy theories about, you know, vaccine passports the government coming to get you. Nonsense. I worked for government for a long time. They're not that competent. And you know what else? You're not that special out there. If you're thinking that, oh, I don't want to get my vaccine passport because then the government's going to know too. You're not that special. Nobody's coming for you. Nobody's coming for you. Nobody's interested in what you are doing so much that a vaccine passport is going to be tracked by some you know, government agency. Nobody's spending any money to track you, look it up. Ask yourself the question, why would they be tracking you? What about you is so special that you need to be tracked? I mean, if you're a criminal and you're up to no good, they're probably already tracking you. So the vaccine passport doesn't really matter too much. So knock it off with the BS. Get your, get your freaking vaccine. And if there's a vaccine passport available, get that too. So that you can go out to dinner. It's the big freaking deal bunch of babies. All right. I wanted to talk about Matt Gates in the intro section, but I guess that's going to have to wait till my, uh, after my interview, my good friend, Janet Johnson is on the show today. 
Uh, Janet is a, a legal commentator for CNN. She's been on this show many times, so she needs no introduction. But stick around. I'm going to talk about Matt Gates after the interview. And thanks, as always, for listening to this podcast. You really, this last week has been a great week. So stick around. Joining me now, uh, my favorite legal analyst on CNN, who I think should have been given the Jeffrey Tubin job the minute he whipped it out, frankly. Uh, Janet Johnson, you know, is one of my favorite people. She comes on the show all the time. I have to say, Janet Johnson is my best friend that I've never met. That's oh, Christopher. My best friend that I never met. Like the, Of all the people that I talk to that I haven't ever met, actually met you are my best friend of those <laughs> how many are there like is that a big group i got a couple of people that i talk to regularly that i have never actually physically been in the same space of but none that i talk to as much as you uh yeah because you were busy every time we would come into the city i know back in the day well did you get your shot i got two i have two shots now i'm getting my first shot tomorrow so I don't want to talk too much about my saga of getting an appointment, but because I just oh, was it hard. It was hard, but I just did a, a long bit on it, and I don't want to relive it. <laughs> well, here in Florida, you know, you just have to like send some money to DeSantis, and it was actually so easy. I think because we don't believe in science, and right. you know, <laughs> so there was no line. We like you know breezed in. There was a FEMA location that they were letting people come, like. The, the FEMA people were sort of, hey, do you work with other people? All right, you can come in. Yeah. They were trying really hard to get people in. And, um, yeah, it's it's a great feeling, but, like, I have employees that won't do it. Well, I'm I didn't struggling. get – I wasn't even eligible till Tuesday in New York, right? So they – Well, they, I wasn't either. People under I, 50 weren't eligible in New York till Tuesday. And then they opened it up to everybody over 30. And yeah, yeah, that was weird. The, the the he seemed like things are things aren't going a little awry. Yeah, I, I mean, it was it, you know. I'm glad. I thought I, I literally said to myself because I'm over forty. I'm right. like, all right, so they did fifty last week. They'll probably do forty this week, and then I'll get in. And and they opened it up to everybody over thirty. And let me tell you. It was a saga. I don't want to get into it because I literally just told the audience about it. I want to talk about other things. Uh, I want to talk about other things uh, with you because there's a lot going on in the law that uh, we need to talk about. Uh, Obviously, the Derek Chauvin trial, the man who murdered George Floyd, and I'm not going to mince words. He murdered him. And the more I watch this trial, the more I know for a fact he murdered him. Uh, obviously, I'm going to listen to the defense because I am an attorney and I believe in a vigorous adversarial judicial system. But, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm a defense attorney. It's an interesting trial to watch. And I'm, you know, doing commentary for HLN. But it's the reverse. You know, normally the defense, like we would be the ones, you know, sort of lambasting the police and, you know, trying to kind of build up the George Floyds of the world, you know, but you're watching the prosecution sort of, you know, soften the blow for this guy who, you know, they don't pick their victims, but their witnesses are amazing. Uh, Amazing. And, and to me, like listening to these victims and the pain that they're feeling, Right. Yeah. The witnesses, the pain that they're feeling for not doing more, the, 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 the store clerk who who reported the twenty dollar, uh, the yeah. pain that that man is going through, the witnesses, yeah. the women and the, and the older man. I, I mean, it, it's just it's heartbreaking to me. It's heartbreaking. And then you juxtapose that with Derek Chauvin, who's just 
smugly still, you know, they, they didn't seem bothered at all, you know, yeah. by what they were doing. And that, you know, that trial, of course, is amazing. I feel like in a few months we'll be talking about the Matt Gates trial. Yes, well, let's talk about this trial first because we got plenty of time. I'm keeping you for four segments tonight. Oh, awesome. And 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 let's talk a little bit about about Chauvin, and we will get yeah. to Matt Gates because yeah. obviously Matt Gates ruined my day. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but uh, but but I mean, you know, when, when you look at this trial. From, you know, your perspective as a defense attorney and, you know, as you know, look, I'm an attorney as well, but obviously you practice real law. I don't uh, <laughs> well, I practice criminal law. Right. Right. Uh, you know, I'll work on some deals here and there, but right. I don't practice like you do. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I'm watching this trial unfold and it really is. Uh, it really appears to me to be a no brainer, but what are some of the pitfalls that you're seeing that, that, you know, the prosecution fall into? Cause you are a defense attorney. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's always, this is the point in the trial where I'll turn to my client and say, this is the worst part. I mean, for the defense, we're, we're hearing the prosecution's case right now. So it's, right. it's strong. Of course, it's a, you know, there's always a moment when the prosecution's putting on their case where you think, wow, my guy's really guilty. Like, this looks really bad, you know. But they're going to rebut it. You know, with that said, the defense attorney's work that I've seen so far isn't, you know, spectacular. I don't think he's done a great job um, cross-examining. Some of the witnesses he couldn't cross-examine. You can't cross-examine an 8-year-old. There's nothing good's going to come from doing that. You know, people who are crying, um, who aren't, you know, not just the girlfriend, but, I mean, these are just, random people well the girlfriend i watched a little bit of the cross-examination of the girlfriend and i saw his kind of cheap shot when he opened up his questioning to her and he said thank you for opening up about your opioid addiction yeah i was you know that may be the only time that i second guessed what the prosecution was doing because i know i think the judge made a mistake in letting in a lot of the addiction, drug use, even drug use on the day in question, because I don't think there's been any predicate laid that that was a cause of death. If later on that's, that is laid, maybe then the defense would be able to get into it. But I personally don't think it's relevant. I think they're trying to cut it off, right? They're trying to say... Well, they are. Yeah. I think they went overboard because they did open the door, you know, they can get into the judge rule. They can get into drug use on the day of his death, and then on his prior arrest, where he they're saying he acted similarly. So it's relevant. They, you know, they had her get up there, basically say they used street drugs and they, you know, were addicted to opioids because they had you know pain management issues that became addiction. And I think that starts to you know it's sort of character evidence that you might not really want to have presented. And then he was able to get up there and talk about the specific drugs that he did use and, you know, kind of get into depth with things that I don't think are relevant. And that's what worries me, right? You know, because you got to convince the entire jury the guy's guilty. If right. one of them thinks he's not guilty, he's not guilty. Well, he's it's hung. It's hung. And they can come back and retry it, which I think this is a case that they would retry. So it, it just because, you know, if, one, if they get 11 guilty and one not guilty, if it turns out that that's what it was, there's, it is a hung jury. He's not acquitted. And, I, you know, I think if you were the prosecution and you knew that you got up to 11 people and you just didn't get to that last one, you would retry that case. Yeah. Sure. Because you would maybe be able to convince the 12th person and you could fix the things for the defense. A retrial is always bad. I mean, we never 
it's much harder to win the second time because the prosecution always fixes what they did wrong. Yeah. So it, you know, people, I see people lamenting, like it just takes one person. That's still, yes, that's a, he'll maybe walk out. Maybe he even gets a bond. Maybe he leaves the courtroom, but they'll retry him and they will get another bite at the apple. I, the only, I was worried about that moment because I do think she was very sympathetic. Very. I, she was, but you know, you don't want the jury to start to question to themselves you know, it was. Do I care that he died? I mean, quite frankly, is that going to be something that they're going to not get invested in him as a person? And I think that the buildup all along had been this. This is really all these random strangers were invested in him, and they didn't know him, and they felt terrible. Her getting up there and talking about his struggles, I wondered how helpful that was. I know it softens the blow, but I actually think they opened the door to some things that weren't going to come in. Yeah, That's the only moment where I thought. She seems wonderful, and it's a lovely story, and my heart went out to her. I hope that, you know, in jury selection, I hope that they, you know, made sure that these are people who aren't going to judge someone because he had addiction. I, I think it, it, it really shows the world how these acts of, you know, police or state-sponsored violence, really, mm-hmm. um, really impact the entire community. You're seeing just people just devastated by it not just the bystanders but the paramedics and yeah 911 operator it's just like people are just destroyed by the you know really callous act of one person right. who thought he was going to be judge jury and executioner of somebody who stole it who, who passed it. well and it, it tells the jury and i thought that this i think is very good that the prosecution did it tells the jury to call the, for a cop, which is basically the 911 operator, they're law enforcement, you know, essentially. For them to call the cops on a cop tells you how bad Yeah, it was are. really, it really does. So, Janet, Matt Gates, um, he ruined my day because I was going <laughs> viral about my attack on Tucker Carlson. Yeah, that's right. And then Matt Gates goes on the Tucker Carlson program, which is ridiculous. Uh, in and of itself. <laughs> and and while he's on that program, uh, trying to defend himself uh, uh, against the New York Times story that broke earlier that day that said that the man was a, the subject of a sex trafficking ring <laughs> investigation by the FBI that was started by Bill freaking Barr, of all people. Oh, so know. you know it had to be bad oh, for know. Bill Barr to start in, to allow an investigation to go forward of one of Donald Trump's little pets. Right. Right. So 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 he goes on the Tucker Carlson program and basically says, well, you remember, we went out to dinner. (laughs) And and then he says, I'm sure you remember the young woman I brought. Right. And Tucker's like, no, I can't remember that. I have no recollection of anything you're talking about. Now, my question to you is, as an attorney on that exact moment, is that witness tampering? To some extent, because Tucker Carlson could have been called as a witness. He well, was. I don't think so. I mean, he's not charged with a crime yet, so I think it 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 would be like prospective witness tampering. I think. I mean, it was interesting because Tucker, you know, denied it or, or said he didn't remember. Right. Obviously. I don't have any recollection of that event. Right. <laughs> if I brought a 17-year-old boy to dinner with you and your wife, I think you would just say, yeah, we thought that was really weird, Janet. What I, I got to tell you, a friend of mine, the last party I had at my house before this pandemic was my Super Bowl party last year. And one of my older friends 
brought a woman in her 20s as his date. And we were all like, uh, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> you, you won't forget that, right? No, no, no. What, what was worse was his son <laughs> called me to warn me that he was coming with this woman and that, <laughs> you know, get ready. She's a wacko. Hide your jewelry kind of thing. Right, right. Well, I mean, it started out with, you know, Nestor, his air quote son. I mean, you know, Matt Gates has been weird for a long time. You know, so when Tucker said... That was you know you know one of the weirdest interviews ever. I mean, every time Matt Gates opens his mouth, it's weird. I mean, all of you people are weird. The people on the right who you know claim that they are so worried about sex trafficking are the yeah. sex traffickers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember how they talked about pedophilia for like three? They tried to accuse Joe Biden of pedophilia. Now they're ca- accusing him of being a bad dog owner. Uh, oh. You know, give me a break. Well, the whole, the Pizzagate. I mean, these are people whose entire conspiracy theory revolves around sex trafficking theories. I mean, this whole Save the Children, you know, the poor Save the Children people who are a real charity are are being, you know, inundated with kooky. They can't even function as a charity because these people pretend that they actually care about sex trafficking. And they're, you know, clearly sex trafficking. Now, there are people on Twitter who will say... Well, 17 is, in some states, that's legal. No, there's no state where a 30-year-old man having sex with a 17-year-old girl is legal. No, it's, I mean, well, it is legal in New York. The age of consent well, in New York is 17, but it, 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 it may be legal, but it's not cool. <laughs> and in Florida, it's not. And it's under the Mann Act, if he's paying to bring her to another state, it's a federal crime. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there are multiple, but the age of consent for her could be 17. But for him, that is still, she's still under age. I'm sorry. When you're a member of Congress no. and you are flying to New York to have dinner with Tucker Carlson, let's say, or somebody <laughs> like that, maybe he was having dinner with Hannity and he can't tell them apart. I don't know. <laughs> um, but you're bringing your 17 year old girlfriend. That's just strange. Well, and that's why I think he now the investigation, you know, whatever is has been going on, is also including the idea that he spent campaign funds. Yeah. This. So I'm assuming, like you raise a good point, if this dinner with Tucker Carlson took place in Connecticut or New York or wherever you know they met up, that you know he fully, he traveled with this young woman. I mean, is that that? Uh, and and also we're hearing that he took naked pictures of his girlfriends and showed them around to other members of Congress. Now. If one of them was of his 17-year-old girlfriend, she may have been of the age of consent to be with him, but she's not of the age of consent to have be in porno. Her picture's disseminated. Yeah. You know, and and these members of Congress, did they, they were okay with this? Like, yeah. I, I, th- this is the thing, America, if you're listening to me right now, and I know I'm on a lot of conservative stations, especially in Florida. I, I think I'm actually on in Matt Gaetz's district. I'm on in the panhandle. Mm. Uh, let me just make things perfectly clear. This guy thinks the Congress is a freaking fraternity. He thinks right. that the other members of Congress are his frat brothers. He doesn't care about you. He cares about his own reputation. He cares about his own popularity. And this whole thing has just been an act for him all along. Right. Right. I mean, all of them, though. I mean, that's the thing. Let's not just single him out. All of these people who, you know, pose with their AR-15s after a mass shooting and and Donald Trump, for that matter. The whole thing has been performance art for them. All of it. Right, all of it. And with a, you know, side 
load of cash that they could, you know, get from doing the performance. But the sad thing is people, like some people I know here in Florida who won't get the vaccine, they still don't get it. No, they don't. They don't get it. And and guys like Matt Gates aren't helping the whole situation. And, and, you know, here's one other thing about Matt Gates for those listening to me in his district on the panhandle, the beautiful panhandle of Florida. Matt Gates is the only member of Congress. This is amazing. The only (laughs) member of Congress (laughs) in the House and the Senate to vote against a child sex trafficking ban. Yeah, was that a red flag to anyone? I I mean, hello, America. (laughs) I guess he didn't want to vote vote for a bill that would be used to prosecute himself. Unlike other Republicans, he didn't want to vote against his own interests. Yes, yes. Unlike (laughs) unlike the members of his district who elect him. Those of you listening to me right now on the beautiful Emerald Coast of Florida, uh, it he will not vote against his interest. You voted against your interest when you elected him. I have been to the Florida Panhandle. I have partied at Panama City when I was in college. It's beautiful. Love it. Lovely beaches. Gulf Coast. Different time zone. Weird. But come on now you're not very rich over there i've been there there's a few people who are rich like the gateses the gateses are rich <laughs> like the gateses the gateses who are rich no i i think and this is what i i'm hoping that people start to realize that america is going to be better under people like joe biden whether his dog pooped in the white house yep. or not um things are still it, it's better to have you know roads and by the way infrastructure includes things like broadband like you know i know that that's confusing for a lot of republicans i don't understand how this is infrastructure when he's you know putting money into railroads that's infrastructure yeah i mean things are going are getting better things are getting better and all they have is hate and amping people up that's why i got into my big that's why yeah and you know this is the other thing and i I saw a woman i know on twitter say matt gates thinks i'm a threat because i'm transgender and he's you know the one running around with pictures showing off slept with they had a, a system a point system in his office his congressional office where you got a point for sleeping with a married lobbyist. That's crazy. That's insane. He he is an insane human being, a disgusting human being, and people who support him need to know that. All right, let's let's keep on this topic of these bad boy Republicans in Congress who are constantly, like like Jim Jordan, for example. I mean, (laughs) we, we forget, and I always like to remind America that Jim Jordan covered up a sex scandal once before when not I wouldn't even call it a sex scandal a child a child molestation scandal I guess they're not children when they're in college but he's an athlete I mean he was you know and this again that he has a career in politics is amazing I mean you know look at what's happening in Missouri they're recycling their own little you know perv but right. you know he yeah when he was the Ohio State wrestling coach which is why I guess he can't wear a jacket because he has to show off his muscles um, yeah <laughs> you know he, his student athletes were being molested by a doctor and he knew about it and did nothing. I mean, no wonder he's, you know, on the side of the Matt Gates. And, you know, when you juxtapose this with these are the same people who support the Georgia law that you 
could get arrested for giving a bottle of water for someone who has to wait on right. to vote. I mean, right. that's, you know, this is where the both sides journalism is really distressing. I, I got to tell you, I have had it with, I can't even watch Chuck Todd anymore, frankly. Oh, I can't even watch him. I, I, um, there was a, a Twitter hashtag thing going around like two weeks ago. Uh, Lauren Boebert is so stupid that, uh, and my response was that M- M- that NBC is considering her for the host of Meet the Press, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah, like I, I mean, yeah. you know, all the gnashing of teeth over what Biden's doing over at Chuck Toddville. Uh, give me a freaking break, Chuck. Just give I me mean, a break. It's disturbing because if you compare, I mean, you know, even you watch the White House press corps. We deserve better than this, you know? I mean, just, uh, yeah, I remember a couple weeks ago, and, the, you know, we, why don't they have more press conferences? They, you don't even broadcast them, so I don't know what you're complaining right. about. But if you're asking questions like, will Major Biden be euthanized, yeah. then you don't deserve... They didn't have a single question about the pandemic. Oh, no, it was it was incredible. It was incredible. And any time, you know, the Chuck Todds will get Mitch McConnell on their show, ask about Gates. I mean, these are, this is... Ask about Gates. Ask about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Ask yeah. about Lauren Boebert. Ask yeah. about all these fools and what they do. Why, ask them about Jim Jordan's sex scandal, frankly. Right. Jim Jordan's... Ge- January 6th. Why right. have we moved on from January 6th? I mean, these people were in cahoots. With people who tried to overthrow our government. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a lot like when Trump was president, which, thank God, every single day, by the way, that oh. we don't have to live that the way. Biden comes. So nice. <laughs> it's so lovely. But, I mean, it is the same kind of overwhelming, you know, constant yeah. thing after thing after thing. I mean, you could just dig layer after layer of this disgusting thing and all you know all you can ask about you know so hunter biden has a book yeah wrote a book i actually saw someone on twitter say there's this crisis at the border and he's writing a book yeah first of all there isn't any more crisis at the border than we've had for and and hunter biden has nothing to do with the government his father didn't hire him like the former guys did right right and if he did you'd be upset about that right it's just a thing after a thing after a thing and instead of having a press that says you know, these two things are not alike. I mean, that's what we really need is someone to say, you know, Delta is a day late and a dollar short. I mean, we should have been talking about Georgia. The media should have been talking about what's going on in Georgia, you know, weeks before the bill was signed. I mean, we should be upset about things. January 6th should still be the topic every day. COVID I agree. The topic. I mean, we can't move on from these things. These are not small things. And the Matt Gates. I mean, I think that is something that needs to constantly, you know, he is out there oh, on every show. I think we got to ask every single Republican. Yeah. Um, have you asked Matt Gates to resign? Have you asked right. him about these allegations against him? Right. Or have you, did you witness Matt Gates give you nude pictures of his Absolutely. conquests? And Absolutely. were any of those conquests member of his staff or yours? Yeah, I mean, I, th- those are, you know, like you said, Jim Jordan's gotten this free ride. I mean, all of these people who, you know, if they were Democrats, I know we say this all the time, but they wouldn't be dog catchers. I mean, they couldn't be elected to anything. You know, Hunter Biden just being the son of Joe Biden makes, you know, people upset at Joe Biden. Right. I mean, it's just, it, it's mind-boggling that we can't, you know, They, they live in a different universe than we do, Janet, where facts... And qualification right. doesn't matter. I mean, this is a guy, by the way, I don't know if I ever told you this about him. 
Uh, some producer on some show told me that Matt Gates used to always bring a woman with him to his appearances on television, and he would call it dinner and a show. That's he, God. I mean, think about that. Dinner <laughs> oh and a show. God. Come on, you want to see how popular I am? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go talk to Sean Hannity. I always wonder. I don't know if you if you remember, but last March. I mixed it up with Matt Gates and I tore him mm-hmm. a new one and it went mm-hmm. super viral. I mean, I literally tore him apart. Mm-hmm. It's almost as bad as I tore apart um, Mercedes Schlapp earlier right. this week. Right. But not quite as bad, I, right. but pretty bad. And um, I wonder, I was I, when I was leaving that uh, appearance, I was wondering if he brought a date to that appearance to watch him get his butt chewed <laughs> off. <laughs> well, I mean, who is Nestor, by the way? Like, yeah, I mean, I'm still concerned about who this 19 year old man is who lives with him. Right. Who has his own dad? Like who? Who's, yeah. He can't be his son because he has a father. I mean, these are things that are just troubling. It, it, he is a disturbing people. human being. Yeah. And yeah. and yet he doesn't really face much of a challenge in that district. It, it, gerrymandering is a horrible thing. It's a horrible, well, horrible. He'll thing. be gone though. I think I don't think he'll be in Congress. He'll be gone, but what's going to replace him? It'll be somebody just as bad as him. It'll be somebody who is as bad as him, but is sneaky about it, right? It'll be somebody with the same ridiculous viewpoints, but not the ridiculous personality. And that's worse, if you ask me. The ridiculous personality of Matt Gates allows me to, you know, really tear into his arguments and, 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 and marginalize him somewhat. But somebody who is smart and conservative and shares his views is harder to dismiss, lack of those people these days. I mean, yeah. I don't think their bench is that deep. They have more of the Q spouting, you know, yep. creepy people who get elected. And I don't even know that Republicans are, you know, support those other people anymore. You know, the kind of mainstream, but not mainstream people that they used to. I, I think they're gone. You know? Yeah, they, they don't really, they, that country club Republican, they need to go. I don't know why they're even in that party anymore. Well, I mean, you know, we've got Mitt Romney saying, you can't go it alone. This bill is, you know, if you're in a 50-50 Congress, you, you shouldn't be going it alone. Yeah. Well, you know what? 70% of Americans like the COVID relief. Right. They want this infrastructure bill. Right. And, and the governor of your state wanted it too. Mitt, and so did all the mayors and city council people. So deal with it. I'm with Janet Johnson, the great Janet Johnson. You can see her on CNN, on HLN. She is a legal commentator and a political commentator and a good friend of mine. And she's at Jay Johnson Law on Twitter. Janet, let's talk for a minute about Georgia and what's been going on there with this horrible you know, voting bill they passed, which is really just a chance, a, a way for them to suppress the vote or change the outcome of elections. Uh, give me your thoughts, your initial thoughts on it. I mean, my initial thought was this is going to be overturned. Even with this Supreme Court, it, there's no rational reason to not be able to get water when you're waiting online to vote. Like that in and of itself, I think is unconstitutional. I mean, how can you stop people from being you know, handed a bottle of water. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I, I, I think that's ridiculous. And it all, my second thought is we need the John Lewis Voting Rights Act now. Me too. Like, right now. Yeah. Right? Get rid of the filibuster, get it done. I mean, it's urgent. It really is. But, you know, it, I, it's disgusting because, you know, they might as well just call it the We Lost Georgia So We Have to Do This. Yeah. It, it, they I might mean, as well just call it the Big Lie Act, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. It's it, the thing that bothers me most about it, the water thing is ridiculous. Um, the closing the polls at five o'clock, ridiculous. The worst part of the bill for me 
is the fact that the state legislature could determine at any time during the election or even after the election to replace the local board of elections. Right. Yeah. I mean, the take that I think we're, we're all left with is the next time we flip a red state, they won't certify the election. I mean, that's the plan. Right. We won't be able to flip another red state. That's what they're trying to do. And, you know, there's two ways that this is going to get overturned. I mean, one is I think it will literally get overturned. And then, you know, the people of Georgia need to get rid of these state legislators. Yahoos. Yeah. You have to turn their local state legislature blue. I mean, that's the only way... And it isn't a partisan thing. I mean, it's the same thing that we were saying under Trump. This isn't, you know, red or blue. These people are anti-democracy. They are. They're anti-democracy. They don't, they can't compete on the field of ideas. Right. So they try to change the field. It's crazy. It's insanity. Right. You know, the link, the, I'm not, you know, I don't fawn over Republicans that, you know, try to support Democrats periodically as much as a lot of other Democrats do. I mean, I think if you spent most of your life suppressing black voters and running ads like the Willie Horton ad, I'm not ready to, you know, throw a parade for you. But I get why, you know, they at least temporarily feel that they have to prop up Democratic, you know, people running because, you know, this is really the only party that's supporting democracy. It's the battle for the soul of the country, really, when you think about it. It's, yeah, it's, and it, it, was, it didn't end in November. No, it surely didn't. And this is the kind of bill that is is, is, is devastating uh, to our democracy. And I don't think it could stand either, frankly. I think it will get overturned. Yeah, and now you see Delta. I mean, you know, again, these companies should have done this before it was signed into law. And, you know, I think we were a little trigger happy to say that Brian Kemp is some kind of great guy after, you know, the whole Trump, you know, attempt to overthrow the election. I mean, I think he just didn't want to go to prison. Right. He didn't commit a crime. But I, you know, he voted for Donald Trump. I mean, he supported Donald Trump. He's supporting this bill because he he, of Donald Trump. He wants Donald Trump support in his next election, which, by the way, he won't get. So what's the point, Mr. Kemp? Yeah, and I don't think I mean, you know, Donald Trump lost the election and not by a little. I mean, this wasn't, you know, in terms of like the popular vote, it was not close. So the idea that these people have to keep kissing his butt for the rest of their lives, I mean, in normal world, you know, after Hillary lost, nobody went around saying we really better cater to those Hillary voters. But it was the same margin. So it's amazing. It is sort of amazing. And I think it's short-sighted. I mean, I don't think these people are going to end up, you know, Donald Trump is basically now they're doing cameo appearances. I mean, he's selling, you know, their appearances at events. I mean, yeah. this this guy's not you know, going to go down in the pantheon of great presidents or leaders or thinkers. I just hope the guy goes away and leaves us alone. I don't think he will, but I just keep praying. Well, and you know what I don't think, and when I see Democrats say this, I kind of cringe, he's not going to prison. No, he's never going to prison. He's never going to prison. I was so on a podcast yesterday uh, with Kimberly Johnson. I don't yeah. know if you know her. Yeah. And, I, and she asked me that question. Is he going to prison? He's, I'm like, he's never going to prison. No. His kids are never going to prison either. So get that out of your head. It's just no, not going to happen. No, like, you know, back in 2016, when we, you know, we thought that there would be a different result after the election because of interference, you know, people who thought, oh my gosh, you know, the votes won't get certified. Things like that aren't happening. That's not how we're going to win. It's right. not going to prison. I mean, I think that people will start to realize this is not a good person. He's, you know, without Twitter, it really is remarkable how little 
platform he has. It's it's awesome. I don't it wake up awesome. in the morning and wonder what he said overnight. I oh, wake up in the awesome. morning and I actually just let myself wake up. <laughs> yeah, and people who, you know, I think, was it Bernie who, you know, kind of lamented the idea, you know, these people who kind of get confused about the First Amendment and whether it applies to play things like Twitter, which it doesn't. Um, you know, I don't, I think Bernie is wrong on that, that, you know, we shouldn't try to deplatform people. You know, these are, those people had a lot of issues with Neera Tandon tweeting. Yeah, things, yeah, I mean, know. Neera Tandon, give me a break. You, you're not going to support near attendant, but you supported like some of these ridiculous human beings that Donald Trump put up who had far worse things to say, conspiratorial things that, quite frankly, were used by yeah. these rioters who tried to overthrow our government on January 6th. Yeah, they've had it in for near attendant for a long time. And that that was really disappointing. I mean, that was they don't like strong thing. women. They don't like women in general. And they surely don't like strong women. And they really don't like strong women of color. But some people on the left, too. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's kind of the this sort of meeting point between some of the far left people and the right people is. And, and Nira's brilliant. She's been on my show a couple of times. I oh, love, I, I love her. I love Nira. She's Amazing. great. And she would have been great in that job. She's no nonsense. She's by the way, not even that liberal. She's not, she's no, not that liberal. Brilliant. Yeah. She's just a brilliant mind. She's right. like me where she's kind of sharp with her tongue. But her tweets were not that bad. They're, they're not nearly as bad as anything I did. I guess, I, I guess I'm not confirm. I'm, I'm not confirmable anymore. I, well, she, she's a Twitter friend of mine, and I was always sort of like, "You go, Nira. That's cool that you're not being sort of, you know, kind of goofy. Yeah, you know, above the fray. You know, but she was calling out people like Josh Hawley, and she, who, you know, who needed it. Yeah, she called it like she saw it. All right, look, this oh. goes by too quick. Janet so Johnson. Her? At Jay Johnson Law on your Twitter devices. You see her on HLN, usually on Saturday mornings. You see her there some other times. Just once in a while, catch her on CNN. She's a great friend of mine. She is the great Janet Johnson. Janet, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I can't believe it's over. It takes, it goes, it always goes by too quick. Love you, Janet. I could talk to Janet Johnson all day and all night about politics. And the law. She's great. She's fantastic. And CNN, really, I, I meant what I said. The minute Jeffrey Tubman pulled his little stunt, they should have given the job to her. Quite frankly, it would have been great to have a woman in that role anyway. And she's smart. She's smart. She knows the law. She's well-prepared. Uh, and she's an excellent uh, TV guest and radio guest. So CNN, if you're listening, uh, give it a try. Janet Johnson. And if you uh, like her, she's at Jay Johnson Law on Twitter. I don't want to spend too much time talking about Matt Gates. I think you've probably heard enough about this guy, this bonehead with his sex scandal and, uh, you know, the, the, the receiver of taxes in the county that he's from basically stealing people's IDs. I mean, these are bad people. I'm sorry. These are bad people. And these are the same people that the religious right in this country have been propping up and getting elected and, and just turning the other, you're turning a blind eye to turning a blind eye to their escapades. Now, this is a guy who was, you know, if if the reports are true, and I have no reason to believe they're not true, frankly, but if they're true, this is a guy who was paying women to go across state lines with him and have sex and have an ecstasy parties and all these other things, some of which may have been underage. 
Now, where are the Q people on this? Oh, their whole thing was about pedophilia for the last, you know, five years. They sent a guy to a pizza place with a gun because they thought that there was a child sex trafficking ring. Now we have a sitting member of Congress who is being, you know, a subject of an investigation by the FBI started under Trump when Bill Barr was attorney general of the United States. And he's being accused of exactly what they were saying was the problem. Pedophilia, 17 years old in Florida, you're violating the law. So I am wondering why they're not out there. I'm wondering why all these religious conservatives haven't already come out there and condemned them. In fact, no Republican has condemned this guy. None. None. And quite frankly, he screwed up my day last week because I I was trending with Tucker, Tucker Carlson and this guy goes on Tucker Carlson and basically says, remember that girl we went to dinner with? And he's like, uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. That was Tucker. So yeah, he's a horrible human being. Jim Jordan, who's defending him, is a horrible human being. The Republican Party in Congress, the House of Representatives, they are horrible human beings. Marjorie Taylor Greene scrubbed her Twitter feed of all of her of her pictures with Matt Gates. <laughs> Good luck with that, Marjorie. You don't know how the internet works, do you? Or how anything works. It's disgusting. They are disgusting people, despicable people who really need to be out of power. And and I don't know if any of you saw the 60 Minutes report over the weekend about what's going on in Florida with the vaccine. Uh, Ron DeSantis, also corrupt, also a criminal. Florida really needs to be in play more than it is. Florida needs to change. I mean, that's a state that if the Democrats can turn, that's the end of it for Republicans. Uh, and, and, you know, I think they should be able to turn it because it's kind of hard to lie to uh, the same people twice. You know, there was a major campaign in South Florida by the former guy to convince Latinos, not just Cubans, but others who just come to, to, to Florida, just immigrated to Florida, particularly Puerto Ricans, that uh, Joe Biden was a socialist. Well, he's not a socialist. He's not taking away people's look. He, the, the stimulus plan is, is popular. The infrastructure bill he's put out there is popular. Now, what are you going to tell these people, you know, four years from now, even a year from now? during the midterms kind of hard to lie twice when the lies you told them didn't come true now they'll try and some people will believe it anyway because some people are just idiots but it's harder so let's turn florida blue let's change it let's get rid of these corrupt maybe even sex trafficking people in florida and start over with some people who want to serve the state serve america All right, I want to remind you again to follow me on Twitter at Christopher Hahn. Tell your friends about this podcast. And as always, seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you will find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.